Disney Lorcana Frozen Week is in full effect. We have four breakdowns for cards today, and I even found a way to make one of them Frozen-themed. Stay tuned for the whole video. Let's get on into it. Let's check out the first card, which is none other than the Duke of Weaselton. The Duke of Weaseltown. Weaselton! I'm just kidding, guys. I know. It's the Duke of Weselton. I know. It's okay. Let's break them down. The Duke of Weselton is a one-cost, inkable, emerald character. His subname is Opportunistic Official. He has the two strength and two willpower sat line with a one lore and a flavor text of sorcery. I knew there was something dubious going on here. Uh, first of all, you know, if we really take a quick look at this card, it's really cool. It's really inviting uh, from an art aspect. It's actually a character that's in the Illuminari, which is really cool. We've only seen one other card before. I believe it was Mickey Mouse. So just this, you know, storytelling going on through the cards is really exciting. And I'm definitely looking forward to like hearing more and seeing more and more about this entire story of Lorcana. Let's get on into the SWAT analysis. So Duke's strengths are he's cheap and inkable, always good to trade up to even three cost. You know, there are several three cost characters in the game that only have two power, lots of two cost characters in the game that have two power. So, or two strength, I'm sorry, two willpower. So this is constantly, uh, you know, a good static one cost card for trading, not necessarily for luring aspects. The weakness, just a generic card, no specific ability, nothing crazy going on here. But the opportunity is it may be needed to hold off the aggressive strategy strategies, and it has villain synergy potentially as well. The threats, grab your sword, will trade poorly into most characters. So while you know this has the ability to trade up to certain characters and go a long way, it also has the same the same luxury of getting, you know removed by just about any bad trade anything with three yeah anything with three willpower will definitely take this guy out so while it seems like every color now officially completed the circle wheel of they all have a one cost inkable tutu uh which is great some i do believe certain inks are going to need this more than other inks which i think is important to note and right now in emerald you your early game is okay but you don't ever really trade well you're constantly just letting your opponent trade into you with cards like Cruella. And if you're, you know, if you're playing Cheshire Cat, which you probably shouldn't be, uh, but those two cards in specific, and now you have like a one cost that has the ability to trade off and at least get rid of any of the more aggressive uh, low to the ground strategies with, you know, one ones that lore for two and things like that. So he's, it seems like he might be a necessary evil for Emerald and might be one of the more playable one cost two twos in all honesty, Aside from Stitch, obviously. But let's get into card number two. So card number two is the Scepter of Arendelle. And this is a really unique item. It's one cost. It's inkable. Uh, it is a Sapphire card with the ability of Command. And exactly what Command does is chosen tap this, or exert this, I'm sorry. Chosen character gains support this turn. What does support do again? Whenever they quest, you may add their strength to another chosen character's strength this turn. Support is a card that we have seen, or support is a keyword that we have seen very little of. You know, right now, I believe it's just Merlin and Hey Hey. So those cards were actually like 
doing pretty well in most testing so far because hey even as a one two allows for trade-ups out of your characters with just gaining one more strength merlin was really good at it because plus three strength was phenomenal but you know his lower values didn't really match so it was kind of mediocre but having this on an item that you don't even have to pay one for to use like to exert it all you have to do is one time cost of putting it into play and then from there on you just have the ability to exert it and increase any given character strength on a turn is really good uh there's lots and lots of opportunity here and we're going to break it all down with of course starting the strengths it's inkable cheap grants a powerful keyword allows for favorable trades with characters being able to trade up in costs when needed the weakness requires you to have multiple characters to gain benefit so let's really talk about what this means the fact that it is one cost means the benefit of playing it early, it just, you know, it just happens over the game. The other benefit here is that it costs one. So you can also play it off curve uh, on another turn to kind of like just out of nowhere make a trade that your opponent might not be prepared for, which is really fun and really great. But it also has the aided ability of being a low cost item that has synergy with other cards as well. And the weakness, of course, is it is um, it's almost like weakness by design because it's like, oh, once you have Scepter in play, your opponent isn't necessarily going to just make bad trades or present things. But a lot of also has to you have to understand that they might have to. So either this card looks to me really early on like a card that has to be answered. So let's look at the opportunity. The opportunity is, of course, Ariel Collector. Uh, with the additional items can create large swings in board state evasive characters gaining support can give you a huge advantage for other trades and keep your characters more protected maleficent uninvited gets to quest for three lore and support another character for plus three strength and of course the threats are naturally going to be currently beast hardheaded and break the opportunity is honestly endless this card at face value very much looks like a perfect card for the item slingers deck. I've yet to play a game with that deck. I'm looking forward to adding this card into it, giving it a go, and presenting the information during Meta Monday next week. But right now, the really cool thing about this is, as I mentioned here, you know, Ariel Wholesale Collector does really awesome things for the game. And now you have a way to utilize her multiple times in a turn. And you might even be able to give a certain character plus six strength or plus nine strength. Or you might be able to give two characters plus three strength and plus three strength and just spread out the love. I really like this scepter. I'm looking forward to playing games with it. And even past all of those things, you know, like I mentioned, the evasive. Uh, evasive characters that get to stick around are great because, you know, you need another character in play. You need something to benefit somewhere else. So even maybe like a uh, Sapphire Amethyst list, which is focusing, you know, on uh, having the rush ability of Zeus and Rafiki, pairing it with Scepter, uh, pairing it with other high willpower cards that are going to stand, like, you know, stand the test of time, like Maleficent, like King Triton. A King Triton's a little bit of extreme, giving plus five is like going to be ridiculous no matter what, but... All of these cards, you know, have a true potential to be really good. Um, maybe even a card like Donald Duck because it has wards, so you don't have to worry about your opponent removing it. It has to be through combat, you know, through challenging.
But all in all, I think Scepter has a lot of upside. I'm really, really excited about this card in general. And I can't wait to start playing with it and really see the full potential of yet but another archetype in the game. We have Ram for Sapphire for a long time. And we had like this makeshift item slingers deck that people have been calling it. But this card is really a glue to the Sapphire ink as a whole. And I'm very, very excited for the card. Can't wait to start playing it. Can't wait to report on it next week for a minute Monday. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the video so far, please hit the like button. If you haven't yet hit the subscribe button, hit me up in the comments. Let me know what your favorite card of Frozen Week is so far. Thanks. Let's get down to finishing this SWOT analysis. Hans the Scheming Prince. If only there was someone out there who loved you. What? Is a four-cost inkable character with three strength, three willpower, and three lore. Now I know, guys, it's another vanilla character, and people are starting to become frustrated. In the game, currently, we have four attributes on a single card. You have cost, you have strength, willpower, and lore. Lore adding an entire attribute to the card is basically having text. It's saving text. So if, this, if the game didn't have lore values... What this card would read would be four cost, three, three, with the ability of exert this, gain three lore. You have to look at it that way. So yes, it's a vanilla character, but realistically it reads exert this, gain three lore. So you just got to kind of take that and move forward with how the game is presenting these vanilla characters. Let's break them down. Hans the Scheming Prince's strengths. He's inkable. He's a four cost threat with three lore. The weakness, of course, he's a 3-3. His stats will very likely cause incredibly unfavorable trades. And you have to be aware that this guy likely doesn't untap unless you are very well protected. Or it's late in the game and you're kind of in top deck mode with you and your opponent. The opportunity, of course, is if you can keep Han protected, he's the cheapest 3-lord card in the game. He will always threaten, uh, He will always threaten and demand a response from your opponent. Now, like, seriously, when you really think about that, if your opponent cannot answer Han, Hans, then you're going to get six lore, nine lore out of this character who's a 3-3. He doesn't automatically die to Tinkerbell. He doesn't automatically die to grab your sword. There isn't another an AoE that's bigger than two damage so far. You know, uh, the, the threats here, real quickly, of course, are Smash, Rafiki, Zeus. Most, if not all, characters on curb with him. Uh, and all of the three fours for three. So obviously the list goes on and on for the character's threats. Um, but the point is, is that if they don't have any of those, this guy's going to go a long, long way. If you're able to protect him in like a, an Emerald Steel build with Bodyguard and things like that, if you're able to just outvalue your opponent with removal with the addition of Steel or the addition of Ruby then this guy really can carry you a long way in the game and might be a perfect mid-game transition from the mid to late game because a card like this has to be answered. It's just like uh, Maleficent Unthinkable. Like Those cards have to be answered because if not, they just take over the game. So when you look at a card like this, although it looks boring, although it looks you know, very easy to remove, obviously he has three less health than Maleficent. I'm not saying those things, but the point is, is that if they don't, you know, if they don't interact with him, he's really going to win you a game. And it's going to be a card that needs to be dealt with. And lastly, seriously, guys, have you seen this art? I mean, it is 
remarkable. So good. It's it's really specifically good on a storyborn character. And there's a there's a several storyborn characters that have great art, but this art is unmatched in my opinion. I love it. It is it just very much embodies him, and I am so excited for this card. Lastly, of course, we have Stampede. Stampede is a one-cost, uninkable action for Emerald, and it reads, deal two damage to chosen damaged character with, with the flavor text of a wild beast stampede is like a raging river. Best experience from a distance. And of course, it's a sad action. Right, guys? Ooh, ow, ooh, ooh, yeah. A stampede! Ow, ooh, ow, uh, uh. Let's break down stampede. The strength of stampede is removal in emerald, and it's cheap. The weakness, of course, is uninkable will always cause a negative in card advantage. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to explain this in a fair way. All right. There was a lot of conversation around this card yesterday in Discord on Facebook. And I appreciate everyone excited for every single card. But when you look at this card compared to another option, right? Even if we just side-by-side -side compare it to Fire with the Cannons, it's obviously completely unfair because Fire the Cannons has additional synergy with Captain Hook. So if this card doesn't have anything like that, it falls down. But the other thing is it requires a character to be damaged. And in this game, there aren't, there's not a lot of ways to do that without net negative process. So the, since this card can never flat remove a card on its own, there always has to be some additional effect. You need to look for cards like AOE, or you need to look for cards that are able to survive a challenge, live on to trade for another card, and then you can finish off with Stampede. The problem is... Emerald doesn't have a whole lot of cards like that right now. They need, you know, um, a, let's just say like a Gaston, a three cost Gaston that would be a two, two that when he comes into play, he deals one damage to opposing chosen character, something like that to combo with this. And even that, yeah, it's a three cost, but if you can get that for four, you can get something out of stampede. You need, there needs to be an action, like a volley of arrows or something like that, where it's like deal one damage to all opposing characters. Because that way, you're not necessarily just trading down in your card advantage. You don't ever want to be two-for-one-ing yourself. You don't want to be like, I'm going to sacrifice my character to run into their character, to leave damage on them, to then stampede that character. Like You're going to lose those card advantages every single time. And right now, Emerald doesn't have a lot of draw power either. So you can't play into a card that is actively causing you net negatives in card advantage. And that's my biggest issue with this card. But let's look for the opportunity and threats. The opportunity, as we stated, you need character. You need a character that does damage when it comes into play or enters the battlefield, as we like to call it, ETB. And of course, uh, anything, any type of pairing with AoE is also good. But this was another conversation I had yesterday. It was like, oh, it pairs really well with Tinkerbell and, uh, you know, grab your sword. And like, yeah, that's true. But this card is so unnecessary in those decks because they already have fire the cannons. And again, that is working with Captain Hook. So you're not going to go out of your way to play another uninkable damage card when you simply don't need it. I mean, Tinkerbell 
is this card all by herself? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Emerald needs Steel. Steel does not need Emerald. Steel is much better off being paired with other inks right now that Emerald is not for this card. You can find other reasons to pair Emerald with Steel, uh, but not for this card whatsoever. This card would absolutely not make that cut. This card needs Amethyst or Amber or Sapphire to maybe get some more benefit from having damaged characters laying around. But all in all, not a fan. And of course, the threat is it, it's the threat is to itself. Like honestly, like what I wrote here is this card could just always be a trap to players. And it is. It's it's focusing on that man, this card never one for one trades ever. It's just never gonna happen. You're always in, you know, you're always in need of another card and that is the scariest part about this is that it's going to be really tough and really difficult to make this card a playable action in my honest opinion because you're almost always going to be out card advantaging yourself and that's that's nowhere for anyone to be you don't ever want to be like oh i'm going to give this guy reckless with my iago have him attack my iago my iago is going to get die but then then i get to hit him with my you know with my stampede no like that's not a good play. You're just, you're just, you two for one yourself. You, know, you understand? Like, you're just like, oh, I, I, I turned my guy. No, it, it's you literally two for one yourself. Maybe it's okay in a world where, like, oh, I had to get their pongo off the board or something, but there's just so many better ways to do that. And even like in your own color, like, it's not a good card, unfortunately. I do hope that it gets some support to make it at least a thought to be played. But right now, there's no way I'm putting this in my Emerald decks. Like, it just isn't happening. As always, guys, thank you for hanging out with me in this episode. I've been breaking down these cards two or three times a week as they come out. We've been getting lots and lots. So I didn't want to wait until there was five or six because all I know there would have been ten. We got into four today. We're going to have every single card for the rest of Chapter 1 breaking down in a sweat analysis video like this. If you enjoy these videos, check out more in this playlist right here is a list of every single card that we've broken down so far. And of course, as always, if you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and thank you guys so much for supporting us. It's been great. It's been so much fun, and I'll catch you guys in the next video.